going on, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Tonight, we got my man Andre Ware going to stop by. We also got John McClain and, of course, plenty of football news around the NFL, including a massive, massive injury in Tennessee and how the Titans are going to go about replacing arguably the best non-quarterback in the league. So we got plenty to do tonight. So let's step it up with our good friend, Andre Ware. Let's go. Can you take us through some of those processes when the quarterback is thinking, I think I have that guy open, but my goodness, I didn't see the underneath player or whatever happens in those situations. Yeah, sometimes the those throws are the hardest throws to make because you know that there's a window there that you got to fit the ball into. But it's got to be there. There has to be touch on the football. So you're trying to throw it over a linebacker before it gets to the safety and drop it in, and you pull the string on it a little bit quick. That's what happens. And and I know he's moving in the process of having trying to do it and just pull the string a little bit quick. That Dre, Mark and I were just talking about this, and so as I turned the screen, I saw Trevor Simeon and his highlights for the Saints. There were a bunch of backup quarterbacks yesterday that got the job done. Whether they went into the game uh, at some point because of an injury like Simeon did or they found out like right before the game because Dak Prescott was hurt in the case of Cooper Rush. What is it about a backup quarterback stepping into a game and just going out there and, and you know firing? Because I, I don't, what is it? You, I mean, you've played a position, you know it. What is it about stepping in as the backup quarterback into a game and you go, all right, I'm just going to start firing because I got really nothing to lose? Is that what it is? What gives these quarterbacks, I guess, the opportunity to have such success as a backup the way so many of them did yesterday? Oh, they, they trust me, they have something to lose. <laughs> the something to lose is to never hit the field again if, yeah, uh, if the performance is, is drastic. But no, I think, I think in a guy like Trevor Simeon's uh, case, it's, He's experienced enough. He started games. He knows how to keep himself ready. So even if he's sitting for a period of time, uh, he he knows how to study like a starter. And it, that's harder to do than uh, than just saying it. Where you know mentally you're tuned in. You know you're really just to play away, and you've got to stay focused enough to prepare yourself during the week like a starter because you you're literally one play away. But with him, he's got a bunch of starts. Uh, the guy's just itching to play, and he's a heck of a player. When given given opportunities, wherever he's been, he's max, maximized them. He's played well. Uh, I thought it was a great signing uh, for the for the Saints when they picked him up, and then to be able to go to him in that situation in a game like that, and uh, and him rally the, the the Saints to a victory. Uh, he'll he'll have a lot. He's got a lot of fans this morning uh, in terms of Saints fans as well as teammates as well, but you know, by the way he performed. Uh, Saints fans are loyal. They'll embrace you quickly or they'll dismiss you quickly, and I guarantee you he's on the on the side of being embraced this morning. Dre, Davis Mills late. They score the 22 points, throws a couple of touchdown passes. couple of questions on the late run here, and then we can get into what really went wrong early, and part of it was facing a Super Bowl contender when the Texans are not quite that right now. But with Mills kind of lathering up late, finding the end zone a couple of times, getting into a rhythm. 
How does that help? Is that uh, kind of fool's gold at the end of the game, or does that really help you going into next week and, and boost his confidence a little bit as they get ready for the Miami Dolphins on Sunday? I think it probably boosts his confidence uh, a little bit because you're out there just competing, and you don't, you really don't take stock in who's on the field and who's not. We get to nitpick that kind of stuff. So for us, or for me, it may be fool's goal a little bit because I know who was on the field in terms of, you know, second, third string players, guys that would normally play special teams were getting defensive reps at the time. And, and the Rams weren't concerned about uh, the Texans coming back in that game after having them down 38 nothing. So they're very vanilla defensively, uh, just playing a bunch of zone coverages. They, were, they had stopped blitzing for the most part and were ready to just try to work the clock out. But for him, when you sit back and you look and say, oh, wait a minute, that's not that bad of a performance. Uh, immediately after the game. And then when you go in, it kind of settles in, well, oh, that's who was on the field at this point, particular time. Uh, and so it doesn't hit you till a day or so later, but it does give you a sense of confidence that you did go out and do it in an NFL game against NFL players. I would liken it more to in more of a preseason type of uh, feel to it. Uh, yeah. In golfing terms, I'd say, you know, you're on a long drive, hole and, and you get a mulligan how good do you really feel about about it if you do get the long drive you know what i'm saying so um, <laughs> it, it's it's one of those type of situations where okay we got to dial this back a little bit and then get ready for next week dre to a tongue of i a couple things with him on sunday miami dolphins dolphins have lost seven in a row and and what were your thoughts about Tua coming to the nfl and B, how much all this trade talk about what's happening to him, how much do you think that plays a role in sort of his kind of up-and-down play lately for the Dolphins? I think it plays a tremendous role, Johnny. Uh, when you are somewhere where you don't know if you're wanted, uh, that's, a tough, that's a tough thing to go through. Uh, every time you know, you're being asked on a daily as you get close to the trade mm-hmm. deadline, uh, or, you know, how do you feel about being traded? Do you, do you know where you want, where do you want to go if you're traded? You know, all the questions that come with the scenario like that. And all you want as a quarterback is to be embraced and, and told that this is your team, go out and win. And so to, to have to deal with the other stuff, because you really, you absolutely can't ignore it. It's tough. It is tough for any young player uh, being drafted as high as he was and then told, that, hey, you know, we're, we may ship you somewhere else for someone else. That's a tough place to be in. It's tough because it sends the wrong message to your teammates that might be those that are already doubting the organization itself, those that don't want to be there, those that want to be there, but they don't know if you're going to be there. So who's playing hard for you? Who's laying it on the line? I mean, I know that sounds crazy to fans. Listen, oh, they've got to play hard every, you know, every snap of every down. It's their career. No. A lot of them have options, and they're looking to exercise the options to get out of town. Uh, and Tua's not one of them. He is a loyal guy. I thought he would be a fantastic NFL quarterback. He's just got to go to the place that, that wants to build around him and his skill set and then remain healthy along with it. Dre, we're seeing some seedlings here with the Texans roster, young players. Your thoughts on, let's go, Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan, who – Made some noise yesterday in the game. Jordan, obviously, with the touchdown late. But Collins makes some catches in the flow of the game that make you say, hmm. So your thoughts on those two guys? 
Yeah, I've, I've loved the size of Collins since he got here, and I like the way, you know, a lot of a lot of guys can't adjust to game speed uh, at a rapid pace, and he seemed to be on point with game speed the minute he took the field in the first game. Uh, so you like what you see out of Nico Collins. Uh, I thought what took so long for Brevin Jordan, you know, <laughs> who knows? Uh, only the coaches know why they waited until this point in the season to, to insert him into the lineup, but – they put him out there now, and it's going to be hard to, to get him off the field as a young player who's scored his first touchdown, caught a couple of passes in that game. Uh, you know, it's on tape. So everybody else sees it where they might have had the luxury of uh, of not playing him or dangling him on the practice court, whatever it was that you were thinking. Uh, and now everybody knows that, that he is the player that they thought he was, and, and you can't – you can no longer sit him. I, I think he's he's on the active roster going forward. All right, Dre, I hit Mark with this, and we do this segment called Gut Reaction. Your gut reaction to this tweet from Adam Schefter, Titans running back Derrick Henry suffered a potentially season-ending foot injury during the Titans' win over Indy. Henry is undergoing an MRI today to determine the full extent of the damage. What's your gut reaction to having seen that news, heard that news? Well, knowing Derrick – you know, it's he obviously saddens you. You you you're, uh, you put him in your prayers and hope that he's healthy uh, from a personal standpoint because he's a hell of a player. And and I, I said it the other day that I hate to see any player uh, yeah. go down. If I beat you, I want to beat you at your best. I want to beat you, you know, a hundred percent when when everybody's playing, and that that kind of gives you a full gauge of you know just how good you are uh, when you're playing somebody. So it, it's sad to see it. To be quite honest, I hope uh, that's not the case for him. I know how hard he works. I know what the, the type of work he puts in in the off season. And if there's anybody that's going to bounce back quick, it would be Derrick Henry. Yeah, we'll see how that is uh, that is handled moving forward. As far as the Titans and their ability to operate, the drop off between Henry and anybody, anybody yeah. would be huge it's because huge. he's an you offense thought- maker for them. Yeah, he's an MVP type player. I mean, you know, you might have convinced me at some point that yeah, maybe he should have been the MVP last year, the type of season that he had, and he's off to another one this year to where you would put his name in MVP in that conversation. So uh, to lose that type of talent is uh, season altering not only for the player, but I think for the organization, the Tennessee Titans. I thought about this one yesterday, guys. This is for both y'all. The Jags went to London. Got to win in London. I yep. mean, I, I don't care. Jayani wins a, a yeah. win for the Jags, but they beat the Dolphins <laughs> in London, right? Yep. And every most every team that comes back from London takes the bye week, right? Right. They then go to Seattle mm-hmm. after the bye and get absolutely blitzed. Right. With Geno Smith, mind you. Yep. So I ask you this question. Okay. Urban Meyer. Beyond this year, yes or no? Dre, what do you think? That's a great question, Johnny, and one that when if you had asked me that um, after the fiasco in, in uh, or the extracurricular in uh, in Ohio, yes. yeah, I would have said uh, absolutely beyond this year. But with that on the table as well, uh, that I don't know that you truly come all the way back from that. Uh, and you're losing in the, in the manner in which they're they're losing. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I would I would take the under on that and say not beyond this year. It would not surprise me 
whatsoever. I don't know how the contract, how things are structured contractually, uh, but I, I would I would say with all the things involved that every, that's already out there, I don't I don't think it's beyond this year, and it wouldn't surprise me one 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 bit. Yeah, I'm going to say probably not. I think it's a long uphill climb for them. And look, yep. we we know like we're in this a uh, different roster, different building, different organization, but a similar situation where you only have one win yeah. and you got a long way to go to get better and get back to where you want to be. And for them, getting back to where they want to be, 2017 was the last time, and that was a free agent heavy team. They did have a lot of homegrown guys as well. But we all know that that team had very few injuries. They made it to the AFC Championship game. Real good year for them. But that was an outlier year for them, yep. you know, in this era of their history. So, I just think it's going to be a tough road to come back. They do have a quarterback, but you know you can't even evaluate them, Trey, because it's hard to evaluate some of these guys with the personnel around them. And, you know, the Texans are having issues here because you have three starting offensive linemen out, and you're trying to get going with Davis Mills, and you just – I don't know if you're getting a clear enough picture. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But what are your thoughts moving forward here as Davis has to – you know, really exert himself and show that he could be a guy long-term worth consideration to be a franchise quarterback here. Is it a work in progress? I mean, obviously it's a work in progress, but I guess the evaluation is still in progress too, right? No doubt about it. <clears throat> and I don't know that, you know, you've made, you've seen enough one way or the other to determine uh, mm-hmm. if he is the, the the franchise quarterback that you hope to, to get in, in the third round. I think there'll be a bevy of quarterbacks uh, come through here, whether it's a free agency or they're drafted. Um, and there'll be competition beyond this year because, you know, you've seen some peaks, you've seen some valleys uh, in his performance. Um, but I don't know that you've seen enough peaks to determine that he's the guy to that you're going to build a franchise around without uh, seeing what's there in the draft and then ex- also exploring free agency along with it. And then Tarot Taylor's there. Who knows, you know, how he comes back or how they decide to play him uh, after the Dolphins game and, and beyond for the rest of the season. So I think there's a lot of questions at that position yet to be answered. But uh, is there a franchise guy in the building right now? I would, I don't think so. All right, Johnny, what about you? What was your Urban Meyer deal? Because you said that- – I'd be done with him. I didn't even I didn't even think they should have hired him in the first place. Uh, I was thinking that he was going to opt to go. I don't think they would get rid of him. Oh, I would. Uh, I'd absolutely get rid of him. I mean, you go uh, – first of all, you have all that, as, as Dre said. You have all that non – he doesn't fly back with the team. To me, that was a big problem. That's a huge, huge problem. problem. Yeah. And then you go to London, you win, you're like, yay! And then you go – you face Geno Smith, mm. and you lose 31-7 to after a bye week. No, you won. You've got to see those th- – you're not seeing those things. Now, I will say, I think the Jaguars have – Somebody said this on Twitter, so I'm I'm mimicking in some sense what they said. But they had all those draft picks, mm-hmm. and they had all that cap space, and right. all they have to show for it is a stud quarterback and an undrafted free agent running back in James Robinson, and that's it. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Ramsey. They traded for two first rounders. The one first rounder they got, C.J. Henderson, they shipped to the Panthers for yeah. for peanuts. Right. And Caleb on Chase is the other one, and he's not doing anything. Mm. I mean, they just. I mean, the decisions they've made, and, and I, I just – I don't know whether it's Urban. I don't know whether it's Shad. I don't know, but I just – I can't see – I can't see it going beyond this Arnold led can't. them in receiving yesterday. Oh, Hyde he was, was second, okay? He, well, Agnew was tied for second in, in catches and yesterday. And they'll tell you they made the trade for Dan Arnold. Yeah. He was and, in the – And Shark whatever. was out. 
Chark is out, so they I, they got that going against them. Dre, is is Georgia any good? I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, there it's Georgia right now, and everybody else, and I can't wait uh, to see the SEC championship game when they get get to play against Alabama. That that's going to be a great great football game. I, you know, and you say Alabama, you know, it's it, there's a lot to still be ironed out in the SEC. Uh, in terms of you know who's going to face Georgia on, from the West, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I got a feeling that, that yeah, not, Georgia's not just good; they're very, very, very good. Dre, I'm I'm working on an article uh, from my website footballtakeover.com about Kenneth Walker, running back from Michigan State. Yeah, you you get an opportunity to see college players. You watch them on TV. I mean, we were talking to Brandon Cooks earlier. Uh, he's all about ball. You're, you're the same. I mean, when we're away from the field, we're always watching ball. Who is the best college player? Not pro prospect. Who's the best college football player that you have seen, regardless of position, this year in 2021? Who's the best player you've seen? Did TV or live? Eyes on. Yeah, live, uh, probably Kenny Pickett. And Kevin Walker is, is a damn good football player. And Desmond... Howard asked me, oh, who's your top three? I said, well, you're going to narrow me to three. Usually I get five, and, and I had him in it. <laughs> he he kind of paused for a minute, and he's like, wait a minute. And I was like, yeah, he's he's there because of what he's done and how he affects uh, what they do and how they play at Michigan State. And then he goes out a, not even a week after, and he throws up five touchdowns against their arch rival you know, in, in Michigan. So, yeah, he is somebody that not a lot of people know about. Not a lot, a lot of people know the name Kenny Pickett. Uh, the quarterback from Pitt. Now they lost this weekend, but uh, he 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 certainly played and kept them in the game in a in a mm-hmm. tough, hard fought game. Where as we get closer to the draft and we start analyze, analyzing players, people are going to know those two names uh, big time. Yep. No well, Walker's a beast. I mean, a and here's the thing: you, Dre brought this up in the game yesterday, and we were kind of moving on with the game, but didn't get a chance. Kenneth Walker transferred from Wake Forest. Wake yeah. Forest is 8-0, I think, for the first time in school Could you history. imagine if he were still at Wake Forest in the team Trey, that they have right now? I mean, Sam Ooh. Hartman is tearing it up. The two receivers they have in A.T. Perry and Jaquari Roberson are unbelievable. They they have a running back, Christian Beale Smith, who is good, yeah. but he makes like three tackles on special teams. If they would have Kenneth Walker, I mean, they scored, what, 72 weeks ago on Army and 45 the other day against Duke, and, I mean, in a sneeze. I mean, they just – and they put up points. They're unbelievable. And Kenneth Walker, the transfer from Wake, is killing it. Dave Clawson's yeah. done amazing things at Wake Forest. Well, he, he, Dave... is, he is the quintessential developmental coach in terms of being able to take two- and three-star kids that he'll go see a kid play. And, you know, not a lot of people are on him, but he's, okay, I can I can vision him doing this or putting this kind of weight on him and playing him at this spot. And so he develops talent. And you, you will go there. Don't look to go there and light it up as a freshman. No, you'll get in the weight room. You'll get in the, in the nutrition side of things. Bulk up. Get yourself ready. And then, then you're off and running. But he won't defer from that. He will not get away from it because he watched it happen to Jim Grobe, and it ultimately cost Jim Grobe his job. He's going to stick to that plan. And I had him earlier in the year. He got a chance to share that. You know, he shared that conversation with me. And uh, he's just – he's got a plan. And it work, works at Wake Forest. He's not going to deviate. He's developing players. Well, you know where I first got wind of Dave Clawson when I was at UMass doing football He's there, and he mm-hmm. no, he was at Villanova as the OC. Uh, Brian Westbrook, anybody? 
They Villanova back then, coached by Andy Talley, they were a machine in one double A. They had Finneran. They had they had guys who played in the league. They were really good and he was the O C and they would, you know, put up a ton of points and he's he's one of these savant type guys, so good for him doing well at Wake. While we're at it, yeah. A jaw dropper yesterday. Jaw dropper. Gary Patterson Mm -hmm. done. Oh yeah! Immediately at TCU. Weird. I mean, it's that—that's the craziest news. And I, Andrea, I would ask the question: How good a job is TCU? But Gary Patterson's had it for so long. I—I I, I don't even know. Like, I would think it's a good job, but I don't know. But how much did that kind of shock everybody? I think it shocked the heck out of me. But you—you've heard some rumblings about you know things out of there in the past couple of years and. You know, you're there that long. You you kind of become the mayor of the school, and you get to do things that you know you want to do and how you want to do it. And then all of a sudden, there's a new sheriff that comes to town in the form of an AD, and he's got you know dreams and aspirations for the direction he wants to take the the uh, the program. And so, at some point, you're going to clash. I think that might have been what happened because it was immediately. There's no way you could convince me that Gary Patterson would resign in the middle of a season. Uh, not being the you know the type of coach he is and the history and the, the longevity in which he's been doing it, he just would not quit on his on his team. And so that was uh, there was some pushback maybe from both sides, and and they decided to go their separate ways. But it's shocking nonetheless because of the timing of uh, of how things transpired. Well, I always I think I told you guys this, Dave Odom, the old basketball coach at wake forest and then at south carolina told me i was doing a game with them and we were just talking about this very thing he said you're there for too long they fall out of love with you you know the same sound bites and the same and after a while they just not just the players the the players rotate secretaries the the fans they just they just want a new voice they want a new guy in there they they want newness and if you if you're not winning championships if you're not coach k or in college football if you're not nick or one of these guys Then that's what happens. Dre, thanks so much for the time, as always. Who do you have this week? Uh, going to Boston College. I had to pause for a second. Boston College, <laughs> Virginia Tech this week. So I'm seeing the Hokies for the third time, but uh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Back, a trip back up to uh, the Boston area. Chestnut Hill in November. Gorgeous, crisp, yeah. autumn yeah. football weather. Dre, yeah. enjoy yourself. We'll see you. Yeah, he's All right, guys. Heater. I always joke with those two whenever it's a cold environment. One of them's going to have a heater at his feet, maybe both of them, and then I'm down freezing my you-know-what off uh, in cold weather. However, I will say, sort of lucked out this year, uh, other than Buffalo. Buffalo was awful, but I like the indoors in Arizona. I like the indoors in Indianapolis. Just keep my fingers crossed that Tennessee won't be too bad in November. All right, we get back. Let's talk to the general, John McClain, right here. On Texans, all access. 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 Hey, I know we got a lot of fans out there today, but I got to give some props to today's biggest Houston fan, and that's Dykin. These guys are doing big things in Houston. From comfort and convenience to air quality, Dykin's innovations are changing how people enjoy the indoors as they lead the way to a more sustainable future reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050. As the world's number one air conditioning company, Daikin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all. Learn more at perfectingtheair.com. It's our friends at 
Dykin, who are great sponsors of this Texans All Access, a Monday edition coming to you live from the Hyundai Texans radio studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And this segment is brought to you by my friends over at Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of your Houston Texans. It's time to dive deep, deep, deep with our good friend, John McClain, the general who never holds any punches, if you will. Here's John, John, and Mark. General, who's the best team the Texans have played? Who do you like the best? You have to pick one team they played from here. I know you have Cleveland um, as your Super Bowl pick, and it's not going very well right now for them. But that aside, of the teams the Texans have played, starting right now, who do you got? Well, since you brought up my Cleveland Super Bowl pick, I will point out they've been decimated by injuries. Yes. And that's the reason that they're in last place in the uh, AFC North. I think they're 4-4. Four and four. But considering J.J. Watt is out for the season, and they have some injuries in Arizona, and I think the Rams are. Now, not just because, you know, if you think about it, if the Cardinals, and I don't care what the Rams did, the Cardinals beat the heck out of the Rams. So I guess you should say the Cardinals are the best team since they own that tiebreaker. But of the teams that I've seen, I would say the Rams and the Bills, and the Texans did everything they could to help the Bills four interceptions by Davis Mills, but he only threw one yesterday, so he didn't help them with turnovers. So I would say the Rams, and that's exactly why Sean McVay got Matthew Stafford. We saw him lose three times to the Texans, total four touchdowns. He might have broken that yesterday had they kept him in in the fourth quarter. And I was glad to see Sean McVay pull him out, which he should have. And, you know, the gamblers, my goodness it's why i never gamble <laughs> it was that game you took the rams and they it was 16 and a half and then they pull him and the texans score 22 and lose by 16 gamblers must have been pulling out their hair but the rams are good on both sides of the ball very disruptive they have more than one pass rusher in aaron Donald, and uh, it was a very very impressive performance yeah, it's a really good team. I got a stat actually for for you, Mark, later on. Okay, John, you answered that one and you did that pretty well. You talked about the Cardinals and the Rams and the NFC teams. I mean, the Packers, Packers, Cardinals, Rams are all seven and one. Is that right? I think that's right. Packers, Cardinals, Rams, all seven and one. Are the, are the Cowboys seven and one? The Cowboys six and one. Six and one. Six and one. Yeah. Okay, didn't want to give them an extra win. My goodness. So, John, Rubik's cube question. What's the best team in the AFC? Well, I would have to say right now, seeing as Cincinnati won in Baltimore, it'd have to be Buffalo. Buffalo's five and two. We saw the Bills beat the Texans forty to nothing. They're still good on both sides of the ball. They haven't had any injuries that would decimate them. And so I would say the Bills in the AFC North, it's amazing when your last team has a five hundred record. The AFC South is awful when you have one team uh, every team has a losing record, but the Titans. But I and, and we haven't seen the Titans yet. And they go to the Rams Monday. I think it's Monday night. It's Monday night or Sunday night. They play at the Rams. The Rams have lost at home to the Cardinals. If the Titans were to win that game, I'd have to say Tennessee. But right now, I would say Buffalo. You know that LA is not going to be much of a home field advantage long term. Sunday it, night, Titans, yeah. Rams. 
Sunday night. Without Derrick Henry, yeah. probably. He's undergoing an MRI, John, and this could be devastating for the Titans. Without, If they have to go without Derrick Henry, as Schefter is reporting it could be for the season, right? If they have to go without Derrick Henry, your thoughts on their prospects long-term here? Well, they could still – they. Derrick Henry had 68 yards yesterday rushing. They still scored 34 points. But even when he doesn't get the ball, he's dangerous because of all the play fakes they run. And you think about Ryan Tannehill, how many times that he runs the play fake to Henry and it freezes players because they, yep. they know Henry's going to get the ball. And if you put McNichol out there or anybody else, it's not going to have the same effect. And one of the problems they've had, Julio Jones, he's been up, he's been down, he's not been consistently practicing, not been consistently healthy. And that's probably one reason that the Falcons traded him for a second-round draft choice. But if they could have him healthy for the rest of the season and go to primarily a passing attack, they'd still win the AFC South, but I wouldn't see him as a Super Bowl contender and maybe not a contender to win a game. But they're still pretty potent in the passing game. Nobody has to tell the Texans about A.J. Brown, who had 155 yards yesterday and a 57-yard touchdown. His problem so far is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And uh, But that would be a devastating loss for the Titans, who depend on Henry more than any team depends on any player who's not a quarterback. Yeah, and John, this reminds me, the the power of the play fake reminds me of that Pastorini story, and he tells it so much better than I will, but when he play fakes to Earl Campbell and everybody in the stadium falls down <laughs> except for him and Mike Barber, who's running free, and he said he, he could have shot put the ball to him. He was just like, don't mess up this throw. He's wide open because he draws so much attention. Earl did. Henry does. It's that kind of thing for them. So, General, as far as this team goes right now, we're all thinking about tomorrow. They made the trade with Ingram going to the Saints last week. What are your thoughts on what else could transpire in the next 24 hours or so here? Mark Ingram the second got to play in the Saints' victory over the Buccaneers. When they introduced him, he got an incredible ovation from the fans there. And so he, he, was, he said really nice things about the Texans for doing that. And uh, so they did right by Mark Ingram, and they did right by Whitney Mercils. Now, they couldn't have gotten anything for Whitney, and I don't think they could have gotten anything else for Ingram. So it's not just Deshaun Watson. What other players are going to be traded? Jordan Aikens had a good game. If I'm Casario, I was already on the horn of Green Bay. They lost their tight end, Robert Tanyan, for the season to see if they were interested in Aikens. Last year was contract. He'll be 30 in April. They drafted Brevin Jordan, I believe, to take his place. And Brevin Jordan had a good game, including a nine-yard touchdown. So I would be looking to trade Jordan. Uh, Zach Cunningham's a possibility. Not sure about Lonnie Johnson Jr. uh, or any other players. And we know they're trying to trade Watson to Miami, whether they pull it off or not. We won't know until tomorrow afternoon. But uh, there could be quite a few players that should go. And I think Nick Casario should do it. They know the team's not going anywhere. And so get the draft choices. You know, the rebuild for young players starts in the offseason with the free agency and the draft. And uh, I believe they'll be very active tomorrow. All right, General. You said uh, about gambling earlier, uh, which I'm in the same boat as you, but I'm sure there are plenty of our friends who lost a few Diet Cokes on that one yesterday. 
That said, <laughs> just a friendly wager amongst us okay. uh, uh, girls here. The over-under on trades made between now and the trade deadline for the Texans. I'm putting the number at three. Are you going over or under? General, you go first. Mark, you respond. When you said when you were laying that out, the number three popped right in my head to be a good over-under. You know, I think it's not going to be more than three. Could be three, so I'll take the under because I'm not sure. You know, it's up to Deshaun. It, it, they, they, the Dolphins, the owner, Stephen Ross, has told him he wants his cases to be settled. Don't know if they can do that. Uh, Mike Florio reported that, said the Texans, this would be Casario, is trying to get more out of them than what they agreed on. So we'll see. I'll take the under. All right. I'm going to take the under also, John. Oh, I, I think you guys. that. Yeah. I think, well. What's interesting to me is, you know, the value that you're going to get back for some of these guys, you know, and what Nick and, you know, what he determines is going to be worth it. You know, I I would say if you set the number at two and a half, it makes it really interesting, you know. But I I, not really. Well, all right, so or two. I I think it's going to be three. Okay. All right. I think it'll be three players. See, that's why I set the number at three because I'm forcing you to go one. I'm going to go two, two max, two max, maybe one. I don't know. Well, if the I would big take the happening. under. I would take the under on three, and if he doesn't trade these guys now to teams that have needs at their positions, like I think Zach Cunningham could be better served for a three-four, moving back inside like he played his entire career, and uh, he just doesn't. And there's a lot of linebackers on this team, but uh, if you don't do it now when teams have a need, you might not get enough if you wait till right before the draft. All right, General, uh, the Tennessee Titans and Indianapolis Colts hooked up. Carson Wentz was not a good game for him. You know, the play they worked out in practice where you throw with your left hand back across your body near the goal line uh, in the game, it was not executed very well. And obviously threw a pick there and another pick in overtime. And I wish we saw that Carson Wentz a couple of weeks ago. We did not. Your thoughts on the Colts situation with Wentz? Two-yard, you don't see many two-yard interception returns for touchdown. And that's what happened when he tried to throw it left-handed. And and as he, as he said, you know, he had, he had had one interception this season. And then he had two in that game, and both were really costly. And Kevin Bayard, he's the one that uh, uh, had a long pass interference penalty that helped the Colts score to force overtime. Then he intercepted Wentz in overtime to set up. Randy Bullock kicked a 44-yard game-winning field goal. And they limited Jonathan Taylor to less than, I think he had 70 yards. And the Colts limited Derrick Henry to 68 yards. And so both of the run defenses played well. Tannehill's throwing more interceptions than he's ever thrown. But he's also throwing more touchdown passes. He had three. He had two interceptions. But. The Colts could have been within one game of first place. And it's interesting in that series that Colts win more in Nashville and the Titans win more in Indianapolis. Nobody knows why that is, but that's been the case. But right now, the Titans, even without Derrick Henry, they're class of the division. They could run away with it. Although, Indy can win the next game. And I think they – do they play the Jets or is it the 
And although the Jets, my goodness, can you guys believe all these <laughs> backup quarterbacks yeah. winning games and playing so well on some guy named Mike White for the Jets throws for over 400 yards? Are they going to put Zach Wilson back in when he's healthy if he keeps it up? But the uh, Colts could be back close if the Titans lose to the Rams and with Derrick Henry out, it's certainly a possibility. You know, it would be kind of, I don't know, funny is the right word? What? Let me ask you guys a question. All right. Okay, we're okay. about to see the Chiefs again. And the Chargers, people overrated the Chargers. So, yeah. and, and the Raiders are in first place in the AFC West. I believe when all's said and done, the Chiefs are going to be right there in first place. And do you guys think the Chiefs will rally uh, at this point after their bad start and and win the division and become a factor in the AFC playoffs? Yes, absolutely. I, I think they will. They I don't know what's up with Justin. Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know what's up with Justin Herbert. Yeah, they won't have a top seed or anything, but they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I would be surprised if they don't. General, do the Astros win it? I would, if you'd asked me this question yesterday, of course I'd have said no. And after that great <laughs> comeback last night, I believe. They will win Tuesday night, and I think the fans will do everything they can to help them. It's going to be electric in downtown Houston, so I'm going to say they'll they will win the sixth game and force the seventh. All right, sounds good, John. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank we'll you see guys you. very much. It's always great to catch up with the general on a Monday evening when I know you are watching Monday Night Football, and nothing goes better with Monday Night Football, then the original light beer, Miller Light. Miller Light is celebrating 20 seasons with the Houston Texans. Check out the limited edition 16-ounce commemorative cans at your nearest beer store. Great taste, 96 calories, only 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season. You can have the original light beer with great taste delivered by going to MillerLight.com slash buybeeronline.com and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Forward, Texas. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, we had a number of big NFL news items. We'll go over those next right here on Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All We got one final segment this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, Sean Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, Got some G-men and some Chiefs taking each other on a Monday Night Football tonight. So you got an opportunity to check that out right here on Sports Radio 610. I believe the Chiefs are about 10-point favorites, 10.5-point favorites in this one. Kickoff will be at 7.15, so that will uh, take place right here on our flagship. So keep it locked right here on Sports Radio 610. I will pick the Chiefs to win and to cover that 10.5, even though... Oh, it is that. It is in Kansas City. I know Kansas City's been sort of a mess, but either way. All right. I know there are a lot of my Houston area teachers out there, and they need something for their classroom. ConocoPhillips is giving you Toro's math drills. It's an early holiday present. If you want to teach third and fourth graders math, this is one of the best ways to do it. Toro's math drills. HoustonTexas.com slash Toro's math drills. Presented by our friends at ConocoPhillips. Phillips. All right, we go around the league. There are some massive news items. One in the AFC South. One with the team the Texans just got through playing yesterday. We will start with the one in the AFC South this morning. 
we were actually on with Brandon Cooks. And right near the end of our conversation, I'm talking like five seconds before Brandon was done, I saw this pop up on my line on my timeline on Twitter, a, a Schefter bomb. Derek Henry out, foot surgery expected. They're calling it the Jones bone. I think that's what they called it. And essentially, it's a broken bone in his foot. Now, the surgery is going to take place tomorrow. Henry faces a potential recovery window of 6 to 10 weeks. Now, that is, I, I don't know. I, I, who knows when it comes to broken foot? It's sort of like Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson. Back when they had uh, surgery back in training camp. It can heal at two weeks. It can heal at five weeks. It here at 12 weeks. The bones are just completely different. Now, Henry keeps himself in great shape. So if you were talking about a soft tissue injury or something like that, Henry probably would be able to come back. But right now, the realistic thought is eight weeks, which puts him back week 16, week 17. Titans could potentially have the AFC South locked up. It could be an issue for the AFC South Titan led, uh, leading Titans right now. They have signed veteran Adrian Peterson to their practice squad and will eventually elevate him to their active roster. This is a football earthquake for that team. Yes, they have Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. They will become a throwing team without Henry. That's just I know that's not how they're built. They want to be a run-first play-action team second. It's probably going to flip. It's going to be a throw-throw-run sort of team. They've got the weapons to do it. That's the scary thing. Now, the team the Texans played yesterday was the L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams traded for Von Miller today. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Terrell Lewis, along with Jalen Ramsey. My God. Second rounder, third rounder. That's been the most monumental trade that's occurred heading into the trade deadline. It's one of the more massive NFL trades we've seen in a while just because of the name Von Miller. He becomes a nine, 10 month rental. I think his contract is up at the end of the year. So we'll see what the Rams want to do or how this goes. But the Rams have just pushed their chips as they put on their Twitter feed. All in, baby. All in. L.A. Rams, Von Miller, now Ram, my goodness. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Big thanks to Mark, John McClain, to our buddy Andre Ware, to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.